You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun. Senor, you've obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas, on Monday night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. What's going on, sports fans? Welcome to week 10 of the Wingfoot Locks, brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. Greg Hoyle has his winter vest on and his hat backwards. He's ready to go as we move into week 10 of the NFL slate. Greg, we've got some accounting to do this week. Supporting our troops, baby. Supporting our troops. Listen, that, that, Salute to service. That's, that's a team I'll always bet on, you know? You, you, you can't go wrong with that. However, Greg, however, we, we <laughs> have to start here. We have to rip it off like a Band-Aid. We can talk about the wins all day. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week, what happened? Right, You've got some wacky uh, domestic dispute uh, theory going on over there. I, I, I don't know what happened. When, when you're wrong, you're wrong, you know? I <laughs> I have no explanation. I had like glimmers of hope maybe twice and then I was like, why, <laughs> why? Why am I why am I even trying to do this to myself? I watched um what did I watch? Oh, this is gonna be terrible. All the right moves was my first oh, time watching it. All right. Tom Cruise as as a defensive juggernaut. Interesting. Have you seen this movie? I have not seen this movie. Laughable. All right. Laughable. <laughs> well, uh, I will and, say. And, and by the way, yes. by the way, Tom Cruise was a real son of a bitch in a lot of uh, <laughs> all of his early movies. Yeah. I don't understand why like people were like super into him. Like you know, relations with prostitutes. There's a there's a risky scene in all the right moves that's just super uncomfortable. But it was the time we were living know. in, man. It was the 80s. People were doing crazy things. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to throw my theory out there quick on the whole Tampa Bay fiasco. If you watch Tom Brady, when he makes a bad play, he's usually on the sideline slamming his helmet down. He's usually yelling at a wide receiver or a teammate for not being in the right spot. But in this case, none of that happened. He looked a little bit disinterested uh, in the game. So I said last week that I would love to be either uh, the realtor who shows on on House Hunters, who shows Tom and uh, Antonio Brown and Giselle the home that they're looking for, or the the housemate on Big Brother. I think that Giselle was unhappy with Tom bringing his buddy Antonio home, and that is what he was worried about as the game was going on. I have absolutely nothing to base that on except sheer speculation and observation of Tom Brady's body language. His head was thinking about what he was going home to and how unhealthy unhappy Giselle was. Happy wife, happy life exists even for football players, Greg. I'm throwing that out there. So you're saying it took one week for Antonio to break Tom's spirit? Uh, I don't know about Tom. I think Giselle broke Tom's spirit based on Antonio's uh, house guest um, manners, we'll say, or something she, like that. She's got to step her game up. I don't. I don't see how you, you, that gets signed off on. You, oh, Giselle has to step her game up. You mean? 
Yeah, man. Oh, all right. Have an Antonio Brown living in my house. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. He does have a, a charming smile. Guy's got one of the best smiles in the business. So, you know, I, I don't know if I could say no to his face, but uh, I might have to discuss with Tom. That. <laughs> all right. Enough about Antonio Brown's smile. Let's jump into this week's slate of games. You know, from a pretty smile to what's expected to be an ugly game this week, the Cleveland Browns return to action coming off the bye week. They are three and a half point favorites as they play host to the Houston Texans and they played their last game it was pretty sloppy conditions against the Oakland Raiders three and a half points in this one most places there are some fours out there Greg you're gonna roll with the home favorites in this one Cleveland tell me why you like them yeah and by the way I didn't so while we were talking I've been talking about buying it down because I'm I'm getting it at four and most of the places I'm looking at but I was just taking a look at a couple other sites and one of them was just showing me three minus 120 so I'm probably going to activate a new app uh, this weekend here and and save myself uh, about $15 per hundred that I have to invest going to your fourth Um, that would be your fourth book Yes. All right. Yeah. Which, you know, you should be rolling with the good, you know, five plus outs anyway. But um, from that side of things, uh, it should be. Wait, I just got I, I just got to say, I like how you casually said you should just be rolling with five plus outs. Um, yeah, man. Casually. You You're you only a four. Yeah, <laughs> I only have three. With you all three. Now you're going to add your fourth. So how can you casually throw out there that you should be rolling with five plus outs? I like working off a line of credit there, Joe. I, hear I don't you. like having to front my money. Um, anyway, break old habits. But uh, so it's going to be a sloppy game, right? So the forecast um, I have here, to me, I'm going to get it in now because you know you're going to get it in at three, and then things could only happen in my favor. I'm going to expect Chubb not to play. They still have a strong running game. They're coming off the bye week. Um, and if they get Chubb back, then I got my one-two punch um, that I can roll out there with. I think the fact that OBJ is not there, I'm not going to say it helps them per se, but it doesn't force them to go with a game plan to try and feed the ball to one player, which really isn't their game. If they're controlling the ball on the ground, that's really when Cleveland looks good. So, I'm not saying it helps them, but I, I like you know it didn't really have that much of an impact on their year-long outcome, as far as I'm concerned. So um, I really think Cleveland, the the pros of what Houston can do, right, are moving the ball through the air. That's that's the way that they can take advantage of people. David Johnson hasn't been playing well, but he's out. He's in the uh, concussion protocol, so I guess they'll be trotting out Duke Johnson. But I think the major thing is Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, they need the ball. Uh, Brandon Cooks, who p- plays for the Texans. We right established there. that last week, yeah. Indeed. Um, didn't so help us Didn't help through. us with the Texans' cover, I should, I should point yeah. out. In, in Jake Luton heard, heard me bash him and decided he was going to pull like uh, Magic Johnson as he spun into the end zone there. Anyway. Indeed. Um, so from, from that side of things, I, I don't think the weather helps them any. Um, they're going on the road. It's going to be a sloppy game. I like Cleveland and that type of uh, AFC East, you know, smack them in the mouth type of game. I do not like Cleveland against good teams. 
But against average or below average teams, they seem to do pretty well. So I'll lay the three. I'm going to take the key number. I'm going to get it at the key number. I just found it at three minus 120. So I'm going to get that. If you lay three and a half or four, that's that's silly. <laughs> yeah, well, especially when you can get the other number that's out there. Um, I want to I touch on something, though, because you said this is going to be a sloppy game, right? Um, but... You didn't met- once mention, I think, the most important factor, that, I- which is the reason that you like Cleveland so much this week. And yes, rain is usually, I think, what people think of uh, when we're talking about a sloppy game, but that's not what you're referring to in this instance. What's the big factor that you're referring to? The wind. Yeah. The wind, right? So, you you know, putting the ball in the air, the, the rain isn't as much of an issue. It makes the ball a little bit harder. That's why you see the guy with the gloves on, um, usually when it's when it's rainy, but it's the wind. Uh, it was two weeks ago, right, when you had all those wind games, um, and it was just you – know, you saw the teams couldn't put the ball in the air. They were grounded and pounding, trying to – Take the air out of the ball. Right. Once they got the lead, they were trying to run it and get the heck out of Dodge. And so, Cleveland was one of those teams who, against the Raiders, yep. uh, had a nice uh, low-scoring game. So let me ask you this. Do you like a play on the total in this one? Because we saw it go way under, uh, and I know you're going to ask me what the total is is next, and I did have it right here. Of course, I've got 9,000 windows 40, 40, up. 46. To me, right, if you like – if you like the weather to play an impact, you got to like the under. Um, but from that side of things, I don't have a play on the under at this point. Um, I could take it, but I'm, I'm not going to roll out with that. I'm going to go with the minus three because my only thing in these types of situations is Cleveland's run game is so effective and Houston's defense is so bad. I've seen Cleveland just put up points on the ground that they could get in the mid to high thirties just by cramming the ball down there. So I'm not, I'm not going to, especially if they've got Chubb back. So I'm going to hang tight on that and on that under. In addition to that, the Houston Texans defense is one of the worst run defenses uh, in the league. So that'll definitely play into, into Cleveland's advantage in this one. All right. Um, let's jump ahead to the next game. I think you made a quite the compelling case there. Let's look at, the NFC least battle between the Philadelphia Eagles as they visit the New York Giants. Giants coming off their second win of the season as they've beaten the Washington football team twice. Eagles coming off their bye week right now. They lead the division. But if the Giants win this one, they are even in the win column. These two teams played on Thursday Night Football a couple weeks ago. And I was on the Giants then. I think that the Giants have only gotten better. Now, that game was in Philly. Giants were plus four points. This game in New York, Giants are plus four points, uh, despite playing a, a better football. Greg, I want you to go over this one with me because you said you were looking at it that the Eagles are coming off their bye week, extra rest, and that they're getting healthier, right? So that's the reason you want to stay away and you're a homer. So what, what about the Eagles team? But in all seriousness, you're in Philadelphia. What about the Eagles' health this week? Has you more optimistic? Why? Why am I going first? It's your handicap. Because, because what do you like about the Giants? So I, I'll start then. Fine. If you look at this from the advanced metrics, which everybody right now loves, DVOA seems to be one of the better things. The Giants statistically are a better team than the Eagles. Right? The Giants are playing better football. This is a team that has a lot of young players who are trending upwards. You look at their offensive line; they've had more consistency together, and they have played better uh, protecting 
uh, Daniel Jones back there. When the Giants win the turnover battle, uh, I'm, I don't have the exact numbers, but they are very good against the spread when they win the turnover battle. Also, their defense is in the top half of the league enforcing turnovers this year, and they're playing a team in the Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz who is prone to turning the ball over. The Eagles have had problems on their offensive line. I think we've already seen that a week isn't going to solve those issues because guys tried to come back. And it didn't work, right? Who was it that got hurt? Was it Lane Johnson, Greg, who tried to return and then had to go back mm-hmm. out? Um, and they've had yep. they've had issues across that offensive line. Uh, I know that there were issues on both sides of the ball previously. Alshon Jeffrey, he playing this week, Greg? Allegedly. Allegedly, Greg has an MIA posters. I'm aggressively disinterested in Alshon Jeffrey's uh, status for the game. But even if so, I actually think that is a disadvantage in week one, right? In in his fir- week one being his first week back. Because all of a sudden everything shifts and guys who maybe knew their roles, who weren't as familiar with the offense with Alshon Jeffrey in there, now they shift. Maybe they're running slightly different routes. Jeffrey might be taking some routes from Greg Ward or something like that. So I, I don't think maybe he and Carson aren't on the same page in, in their first week back you don't have that uh training camp that everybody usually went through so i think it could be a little bit of a disadvantage um in week one i know um what's the tight end situation there for them right now greg goddard's back um earth is still on ir from what i can tell goddard was back before um the bye so now he'll be back within rhythm um, did he get Sanders banged up back. did he get banged up though in that game before the bye he, he was he's healthy throughout the, it. He's not on the injury report. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, and they have the bye week, so he could have been all, cleared it still, even so. But, um, yeah. Uh, but they're coming off it. So yeah. So those are those are my cases for the Giants, right? And then again, the fact that they're home. The Giants have have either won. I, last week I said it. I was on the Giants against Washington, and they won that game, right? Albeit a, a close game in the end. They look good early on. But the Giants in their previous games before that, I think it was like their last four games had lost by a combined seven points. So the Giants are playing close games. Uh, I love what Joe Judge did in sending Golden Tate home after he was putting a me-first attitude saying he wanted the ball. He First he put him on the practice, uh, the scout team. Then he said that he wasn't bringing him to Washington. And now Tate's back with the team. He banged up his knee a little bit. I think he's expected to go for Sunday. And, and maybe he's got something to prove out there. Despite the attitude, right? I do think they need to throw him the ball. I think he's a really talented wide receiver, and Daniel Jones could benefit from that there. However, I get the idea of, of playing for the team um, and having that attitude. And I think uh, Judge showed that nobody's bigger than the team um, with his decision there. I like that. I like that a lot, and I think the Giants are, are rallying together at the right time. They're playing the best football, in my eyes, um, in that division right now. So I'll take the points with them. No issues at all with taking the four points. Um, I want to say that if they do anything other than trot Jeffrey out as the best fourth wide receiver in the league, um, I would. Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller is going to take exception. Is going to take exception to that. (laughs) I'm just saying. Last week, you just said Scotty Miller was the best fourth wide receiver in the league. you can't disrupt um, Rager's role, the first-round draft pick. Folgatron has earned his spot. Folgatron. Like, 
I'm, love it. I'm done. I'm done. Seriously, like, why would you take a disgruntled, old, oft injured player and put him ahead of a guy who's just earned himself on the field? Um, put him ahead of Greg Ward. I don't care about that. But I, I mean, Ward's a slot guy, and that's that's kind of the issue there. So um, Alshon's not a slot guy. So I, I mean, fourth. Here, here's the primary thing: the offensive line is getting healthier. If Sayamalu, we'll know midday tomorrow. If Sayamalu is coming back, I think they have to um, bring that up by four o'clock tomorrow. If Sayamalu um, comes back, I think it's Herbig that would move over to right guard, and you pretty much so have close to your starting day offensive line, which I think is a and good how one. how that wait wait this the the starting day of this year. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? Good How'd that yeah, go? We don't, have to worry, we don't have to worry about wins and losses. You're sitting here touting. <laughs> Didn't he get sacked eight times? Losing. Didn't he get sacked Giants eight times? It, we told you that that matchup was a bad matchup. Uh-huh. Bad matchup. All right. The the okay. The Giants are not the Redskins. The Giants front seven. <laughs> the football the team. The so. football team. Okay, my bad. <laughs> so I just I, I like the the guys coming back healthy. I think you're looking at a good quarterback and a good team. That's right. I'm saying that the Eagles are going to be a good team if healthy versus a bad quarterback. And I do like the new coach, but it's a bad quarterback and a not good team. So we'll see what happens. All right, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go head to head with you because I said I wasn't gonna do it. Oh. Wait, wait! I oh man, I wish you didn't say that right there because I wanted to ask a follow-up question, but now I got to go right to the next game. We gotta yeah, go, gotta go because you said you weren't gonna go head to head with me. I, I, I'm not gonna take a bad number. Okay, and four is a bad number for a team who's only got three wins. Okay, with that being said, you want to you want to give me three? I'll, I'll take the the Eagles Giants at three. No, the, the number the number's four. That's the number that's out there. Uh, we're, we're not. Um, if you want to, actually, you know what? If you want to pay me the juice, we could talk about that. That's for another conversation. We'll offline it. But I want to move on because you said last week you're not going to go any worse than 500 because in the second half of the season in our head-to-head matchups because you weren't going to take any game. So with that, let's look at the matchup between the Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers this week. The Dolphins hosting the Chargers, coming off their win against Arizona, while the Chargers are coming off two fades in the end zone and a a whisker, a whisker from a win, which we were very happy about being on the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders last week. Uh, and and losing yet again with Justin Herbert just putting up unbelievable numbers. Greg, you want? I'll let you choose. Who want, who who do you want to go first on this one? So here I'm going to give you a visual aid. It was number 31 on the Raiders, uh-huh. by the way. Yeah. Who is the cornerback? And he did one of these afterwards. Hopefully you can see this. <laughs> He was strutting. Yep. Yeah, yep. big strut going. He on. did a great. I did listen. that exact strut in my living room to my foyer, through the foyer, <laughs> back into the living room. 
And uh, my 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 wife Krista was like, "You happy about that?" Because we I watched the replay. I was like, I was like, "There's no way that he caught that ball." I watched the first replay, saw the ball move, and me and number thirty one, we were we were real real happy, strutting around, um, peacocking. But, I believe they call it peacocking. Oh, oh yeah, we were strutting hard. <laughs> hey, listen, he did a great job uh, to break it up. It, His hand was in there the whole way. He brought the ball out, and and I thought the tight end was doing a good job holding on. It looked like it but when you saw that ball clearly come out because he he ripped it out which was kudos to him yeah yeah um so just like i said i'm not going to take a bad number we're at one now um and i i believe you're saying that there's that's because a lot of money's coming in we have different openers our openers for this game are all over the place um but minus one for the dolphins here I really like what Flores has going on here. And I think it's laughable the way that people were talking about Tua, saying that they're putting him in there to audition to make sure that they don't have to draft another quarterback. What the hell is that? Like, how are people making that assessment after one game? So, like, Flores had to actually address that. Miami's defense is playing well. Miami's finding ways to win every single game Everyone was on the Arizona Cardinals last week. Everyone. And they just went in there and won the game by three in a tough situation. They had the great situation against the Rams, and that was an easy pick. But I think this is a great situation against a terrible coach, probably the worst coach left in the league that hasn't been fired yet. So he should be relieved of his duties quickly. Um, but he won't be. So as long as Lynn's out there trotting out there, I'm not sure that Herbert's better than Tua. Not sure at all. I think you've got a larger sample size versus a smaller sample size. And Tua's got more wins than Herbert does. So I'm going to take the, uh, quarterback with the more wins. I lay what? Does he? They both have, they both have two. No, don't they both have two wins? Well, I got to check it out. All right, higher winning percentage. Okay, fair enough. Well, two and zero. Nobody's got a higher winning percentage than Tua <laughs> right now in the league. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go fact check that. I, I I doubt he's gonna maintain that winning percentage for the the entirety of his career. Um, yeah, it's, a, uh, it's a strong agreement, right? Yeah, there. yeah. Anyway, um, listen, I'm with you. I think right now, it, what I'm looking at on some of these teams are 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 buying low and selling high. Go ahead. What do you want to say? One win. One win. Okay. I stand corrected. Um, they beat they beat the Bengals uh, with what's his name? Tyrod Taylor. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Um, so the, the thing about the Chargers is that they are forced to overcome Anthony Lynn, in my opinion. I can't argue with that. I think that going to the same play twice, to lose... To lose two games in a row on the last play of the game is just gut-wrenching. Gut-wrenching. But this team doesn't stop fighting. I'll tell you what. You might not be a great X's and O's guy, which he is not, but I, I think the team likes him, right? I think he's a good guy. Ever all the interviews that I've seen, like he seems like a great guy. And the team doesn't like losing. Well, I agree. And I think, right, you get in those positions, though, where a coach is liked and he could be on the way out and the guys know he could be on the way out 
and they step up their play. I remember Dan Quinn with the Falcons, right, when they made that announcement last year that, like, or they let it leak that Quinn could be out, and then the Falcons played their best game of the season. Um, they also shifted Raheem Morris that game, which maybe it really was Raheem Morris they were playing for based on how they're playing now. But um, I think that I, I think that they've played great football despite Anthony Lynn. Uh, because they have had big leads in games, and they have they just haven't been able to maintain them. And I I blame the coach for that very much, like the Atlanta Falcons. Right? These are the new Atlanta Falcons. This line should not be one or one and a half. That is the mind-boggling thing to me. How can this team be just a one-point underdog going from Los Angeles to Miami against a team that is as hot as the Miami Dolphins are and as well coached as the Miami Dolphins are? I'm not sold on Tua yet. That's part of this here, right? The more tape you get on Me him, neither. right? So, so if he's not, if he didn't look great against the Rams, a much better defense than Arizona has seemingly put out there this season, right? Arizona's done it with their offense uh, more so than their defense, and sometimes there's just a line that looks a little bit too fishy out there, a little too good to be true. It's too easy to take the Dolphins at minus one. And I'm going to read something to you. This impacts the other game, Greg, that we were talking about before we got on here. It It doesn't start with it's not your fault. No, no, it doesn't start with it's not your fault. Road dogs catching two points or less since 2017, 38-14-3 against the spread, 73%. Road dogs, I'll say it again, catching two points or less are 38-14-3 against the spread. That's a big sample how many, size. How many of those were head coached by Anthony? Lynn? You're right. Uh, I I I'd have to go back and look, but I'm I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers are in that group. Anthony Lynn led Chargers. I I, I, I yeah, I bet he was on the thirteen and three. <laughs> oh, you think he, he's the he is the losing side of that? Is what you're saying? That's a good, that's a good stat and a fair sample size. I can't, I can't rebut. So I am listen. I, I I can't make an argument outside of. They of of how well um, Justin Herbert has played. Um, I think that I you can make an argument the defense for Miami is I believe in the top ten. So you can't say that they just played an offense that I just made an argument for in the Cardinals. So I can't say that it's the competi- level of competition that they're playing. And I think Brian Flores is a great coach. Um, they do seem to have some chemistry here. There is just so th- all of that being said, this line doesn't make sense. I look for that nugget, uh, and that's what I'm going to go with. Eventually, you know, you you said to me before we started this, eventually the Chargers are going to get blown out, right? The uh, the other side of that coin is eventually they're going to hold a lead, right? That they get. So I'm going to take the point. We're going head to head. Greg won five and one so far this season when we've gone head to head. Listen, you're too small of a sample. Size. You're right. Too small. And you're never gonna dig out of the hole if you don't if you don't take a shot. So with that being said, we are on opposite sides of that game. However, despite our head to head record, Greg has been absolutely on fire with his teases so far this season. Six and zero oh coming into this week. They haven't all been cigar games, even with the numbers. I think anything but. But what you get, what you give the people, Greg, in terms of entertainment value, plus also monetary return on investment there, you're giving them the best of both worlds is the way that I look at it. Uh, Obviously, last week, the 
Patriots coming back against the Jets covering on Monday Night Football with that field Woo. goal. Yeah. He was uh, he was a little sweating it out a little bit at halftime there, uh, and Chris Portente had a little sprinkle on the Jets money line, so I think that made him a little bit more nervous going into that one there. But this week, Greg is back with another two team teaser for you. We're gonna start with the Carolina Panthers getting five and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What do you like in this one? Yeah, so we're it's going to be a six and a half pointer. Yeah, we're going to do six and a half pointer, um, and we'll get to why we're going to go with that number on the back end. So that'll bring it up to 12. Um, certainly not a key number, but as long as it's 11 and a half, we're good on that. Um, so you have McCaffrey who's out, um, but if I've said it once, I've definitely said it a million times, I don't care about running backs. I really don't, and I love Christian McCaffrey. I'd, I'd love everything about him, but the team's played well without him. Uh, Bridgewater's played well. They've spread it out to their wide receivers really well. Um, it's not only DJ Moore. they got Anderson, Curtis Samuel. Like, he was – he was totally just MIA for the first three games. And I think they've really started to incorporate him and it just makes the other guys more effective. So Caroline hasn't been winning all these games, but they have been keeping them close. Uh, This is a big game. This is a a big division game, right? So even, even though they had this division look ahead last week, they still played the chargers really tough. Um, And they're not the chargers. They played the chiefs, the chiefs, the chiefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They played the chiefs. So, Speaking of the opposite of uh, Lynn, right, uh, Matt Rules look good, yeah. right? I mean, you can't really say too much bad about Matt Rule. They've looked good. They've looked creative. They punt last week, um, which extended a drive. He's planned to win. And they right? took and the ball. To- they took the ball and ran right down the field against the Chiefs. I loved it. Nobody does that today. That was fantastic. Right. Right. Yeah, and, and, and quite frankly, like – you were thinking like, all right, how are the Chiefs going to come back and win this game? But they didn't look comfortable. So I just like the brand of football that Carolina's been playing. They're playing for the coach. They're doing really well. They haven't missed a step with Christian McCaffrey. And Bridgewater, short of that, what was the game? Uh, The Thursday night game? Against against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, and he got popped, and he looked bad against a bad team. Yeah. I'll put that, you know, that was kind of the outlier of the year where he looked kind of out of place, right? So, I don't really and it was like a, it was a Thursday night game. It was a Thursday night game too, you know. Yep, you're going to have a determined opponent here, right? So, from from my side of things, but who knows? Maybe Giselle's still chirping <laughs> at Tom, and and you know he's still in a cranky mood or or not cranky enough. Um, but that you know that's. That's the other side of the coin where you're like, okay, this is a get-right game for Tampa, and you're certainly going to have that. Um, I don't think you know the the Panthers are going to expose Tampa like um, the Saints did, but it, I think it'll be a tougher division game. I don't think anyone's going to blow anyone out like we saw the last game for Tampa. Certainly Carolina is not going to blow out Tampa. Um, but they've been playing close games, and you're getting over those 11 points. I'm I'm, I'm really liking it because they've been playing close games. So I, I, I want to just address one thing here, right? Like 
We've heard a lot about Teddy Bridgewater and his numbers against the spread and how good he has been when he's an underdog. Um, if you've been if you've been betting in the NFL and you listen to any betting podcast or read any betting thing, I mean it's something like like twenty one and and five or something like that. And and I think that. At some point, I think people have to catch on to that, right? Like, I think the the public in Vegas kind of have to catch up. The other thing that I've been seeing a couple of places this week is how bad Tampa Bay has been uh, as a um, as a road favorite, right? But this is a different Tampa team again. This is Tom Brady, and then I've also been hearing so much about how Bruce Arians has been so critical. Uh, of Tom Brady and that maybe he's even more critical of Brady than he is some of the other players like he's too hard on the greatest player right. of all time but I, so so I honestly don't know I'm gonna stay away from this game um, uh, especially on the number just because I get that a lot of people are on Carolina in this one but I just don't trust you tell me I've got the greatest quarterback of all time coming off what's got to be the worst loss of his career and I'm just hesitant to say he's not going to bounce back uh, in that spot. But I completely get it when the numbers say this game is Carolina or pass, right? Um, and for that reason, I'm just going to take a break from it. But look, like I, I've said to you many times as you've done these teases, I can't say I don't love 11 and a half. That's why they call them teases. But you doesn't matter whether you win by an inch or a mile. You have been winning on these things. So the Panthers plus it's going to end up being 12, right? Going to end up being 12 with the six and a half. Yeah, we'll end up being 12, six and a half. So think about this strategy too. And this I'll bring this to a, a business side of things here. Not that it's 100% the same thing, right? So like. Think about running a sales team and you have a top producer, right? And, and say maybe you're running a sales team and you get somebody else's top producer and then he comes in and you treat him like an asshole, like he doesn't know what he's doing or like he's making a bunch of mistakes. I, I, I really don't get the strategy here, right? Like Brady has certainly – you got to treat him fair, right? But the talk is that he's not even being fair. He's going over the top seemingly trying to prove a point that like Tom's not above the rest of you guys. Like, I don't think the rest of the team thinks that Tom's above the rest of the guys, right. but like you don't need to be picking apart <laughs> the top producer um, and every little mistake that they make. Yeah. I, Dude had a bad game. I don't know. Right? I, like, I, don't dwell on it. I think Tom Brady's a little bit of a masochist, right? So I don't think that I think he, he, he likes the pain. You're saying. I think he might, I don't know. This is like, there's no evidence to say whether or not Bill Belichick did this, treated him this way when he was in New England or didn't. But we do do know that, if anything, Belichick didn't do it in public, right? That's the difference is that Arians right. is doing it to the media. But I, I also feel like it would have stopped. It would have been squashed early. And it's only happened twice, right? It was both of these games, right after these games against New England is really when, mm -hmm. when we've seen this happen. Um, so I, I don't know. Go ahead. And the other part, the other part is right. And I'm going back to my business thing, right? If you, if you're running a team that's achieved something, and you're somebody who's achieved something, it's a lot different, right? right? You got more rope. Bill Belichick can give Tom Brady a hard time. Bruce Arians really can't. Right. Like I just, I, I don't see it. I, <laughs> it wouldn't land well on me. Um, just from from that perspective, but I mean, Tom's Tom's a team dude, and he's going to hold his team accountable. But I, I'm just, I don't know about the strategy. And I, I, 
here I think that's the weak point where I always go back to quarterback and head coach. Where's right. the weakness? Certainly in the head coach, it's not in the quarterback. So I, I just want to look at something here because after the Saints, right, uh, they played the first time, uh, what ha- What did they do in week two? What did the Bucks do? They won, they 30, won. 31-17 over the Panthers. It was the same scenario. and But that game... Mm-hmm. That game, if I remember correctly, because I think... Much closer. Yeah, and you had, well, at least seven points closer because they were trying to run out the clock, I think, and Fournette broke a really, like, a 60-yard run or something like that. Yep. And you were on the yep. over 28 points for the Buccaneers in that one. So you ended up cashing. See? Yeah, we like that. Yeah, obviously. You always love it when it works in your favor and hate it when it goes against you here. So it should be interesting yep. to see. And you, maybe for the Panthers, that serves as a little bit of extra uh, motivation here. And the Panthers obviously needed a little bit more time for that cohesion because they had so many new players uh, in the offseason that in week two, they were still trying to figure out and gel a little bit. Uh, no Christian McCaffrey. I think players, he's been officially ruled out for this one, though. Yep. But. I think they're what three and three without McCaffrey, zero and three with him this season. So, correct. Take that. Correct. Take that for what it's worth. All right, let's move on to the next game here. Uh, we'll go to Monday Night Football. The Chicago Bears are playing host to the Minnesota Vikings right now. Bears getting three points at home against the Vikings here. Uh, Bears came off. Uh, uh, I don't even know what to make of that game uh, against Tennessee. They were driving the ball down the field. They had a, a turnover that went back for six. They had another uh, off the fumble. Uh, they had another, I think, interception down that bounced off somebody's hands. And then they came back and, and cut the game to seven. Um, the Vikings have looked like one of the best teams in football over the couple weeks with Dalvin Cook just going absolutely bananas, running all over Detroit last week. And... I am big on the Bears this week. Again, I think I'm buying them very low. They haven't looked good the last couple weeks. But the big reason is because of what they've been able to do when it comes to limiting Dalvin Cook. At Soldier Field, the Bears have held Dalvin Cook to two yards per carry so far in his career. And I think overall, it's like two and a half yards per carry. So the Bears front and the Bears defense is still what keeps them in games and if you tell me that Kirk Cousins needs to win a game well we don't love that also it's Kirk Cousins in prime time and how many times have we given you the numbers about Kirk Cousins in prime time he just doesn't win Uh, I do think they had a cover earlier this year against the Seahawks or did they not Greg did they cover that game it was either a Sunday or a Monday night game it was 26-27, yes. So they covered earlier, and again, Dalvin Cook went out in that one. But the Bears' defense is is a much better defense than that Seattle defense. It's a much better defense than that Detroit defense. I think they're going to be able to limit Dalvin Cook, and if you are able to limit Dalvin Cook, I think you are able to limit the Minnesota Vikings in this one, and I'm getting three points at home. I will take the home dog in the division game. There's nothing stronger than that for me over the course of history. Uh, so I say take the Bears plus three. And Greg, you have a, a little uh, like in this one too as the second half of your parlay. Yep. So this is why we made it six and a half. So if we get the nine and a half points, we're not going to do seven because that's pointless. You lose on 10. Um, so you get a little bit, you have to lay a little bit less to get that. 
Um, so we didn't get through any key numbers. I, I think you're going to look at a pretty tight divisional game here. Um, I, I think the Bears, right, the record wasn't as good. Things early on weren't as good as they seem, right? Things lately I don't think are as bad as they seem either. Um, and I just don't think that the Bears are going to be in a situation where um, they're going to get blown out at home. This, The only thing, because uh, you were talking about fishy lines earlier, I thought this line was, was fishy, right? Um, and I think it's based on perception and what Dalvin Cook's been doing. What swayed me was your stat about how Chicago has controlled Dalvin Cook on the ground. So that that pleased me um, enough to be swayed here. So I love the nine and a half. Um, taking it a little different here. Last week we gave teams that needed to win, right? So now we're giving teams, you know, I think it's very reasonable to say that the Bears could win, right? And we got nine and a half points. So um, even if they don't win, um, as long as they lose by less than, you know, a touchdown and a field goal, we're in good shape. Let's not forget, you know, I, I know perception is, is really big here. And we're looking at, it was just three weeks ago that Minnesota got blown out by the Atlanta Falcons at home, forty to twenty-three, right? Uh, and then nope. they they went uh, against Green Bay. That was that was the big shocker. That was the one outlier in all of this. Like everybody was shocked that they beat Green Bay twenty-eight twenty-two. There, Dalvin Cook had all four touchdowns for them. Um, the Lions the Lions were in a bad spot, right? They the, Matthew Stafford was on that COVID nineteen list. He didn't practice all week going into that game, um, and I went out in the third quarter, right. And I believe they were coming off, the Lions were coming off a win the week before. No, they lost to Indy the week before that, I believe. Uh, so I'm scratch, scratch me on that one there. But um, it was it was an interesting spot. You know, I think the Lions were still, uh, in most people's perception, were still riding a little high. I think this is just, this is a good time to sell on them, right? If you look at these teams that just, their defense is not good and they are going up against a team that has a good defense. The matchup styles make fights, and I think the fight in this one just favors the Chicago Bears, and I'm getting points with them. As, uh, as we like to say, my call for a little uh, sprinkle sprinkle on the money line there. So it's probably, what, yeah, pl- plus 130, plus 135? Something like that is my guess. I don't have right in front of me. That's all right. Um, all right. That brings it to the end of, of, of week 10 in our picks here. I think this was, this was a pretty good pod. What do you think, Greg? Yeah, well, I'll tell you on uh, well a week? Tuesday morning. <laughs> yeah, we'll tell you <laughs> after the games are played for sure. Listen, I want to wish everyone out there uh, health and safety as we're seeing these COVID cases spike up. I hope it doesn't ruin any football. I hope it doesn't uh, impact you guys who are listening out there. So stay safe, stay healthy, um, and enjoy enjoy the, the little things in life, like a 1 o'clock kickoff with an octo box if you get one on the Red Zone channel. Those things make me happy. Mm -hmm. I I find the Octobox is too much. They're too small. I can't see what's going on. Well, you just need a bigger TV then. It's for the visually impaired. You just need a bigger TV. That's all. We have to get the projector screen out there. Listen, Greg. Masters action going on on Sunday, by the way. For those golf fans out there, uh, hopefully I wish you no bad beats this week. Guys, (laughs) week 10 of the Wingfoot Locks. Thank you for listening. For Greg Hoyle, I'm Joe Masiri. Until next time, remember, it's not whether you win or lose. It's whether or not you cover the spread. Have a great week, everybody. (laughs) 